Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP Ink and Toner Cartridges. Precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Blind Living Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Harley Thomas, joined in studio with Phil Mason. Today, we're going to have some fun, aren't we, Phil? Exactly. I'm getting ready for this weekend. Oh, the weekend. Well, it's not baseball. Our baseball team's going to be out of it, the Brewers. I know, but I also have a beer in solidarity with them. But this weekend, I'm going to the 50th anniversary of Abel. Able, that's the audio braille literacy. I should know the E. Do you know the E, Philip? I'm just going for food and drinks. Okay. I know it's audio braille literacy. I think enrichment? It's en- enrichment. I enhancement? Think it is. I think it's enrichment. Let's change it. Let's not change it because they're celebrating 50 years. 50 years. Well, I'm back to Milwaukee. I've been out of here for the last, I don't know, 10 years. They so. were around when you were here before. Now you're back and you're going to get a little involved with them. Well, I could have used them back in the day to learn Braille, which I'm still struggling with, but I'm learning more and more about it every day. Well, you know, Danielle, who used to be the co-host of the show, was a very avid Braille. She was a Braille advocate. Advocate. I like that. She was a big advocate for Braille. And I know around the building, we at Industries for the Blind, we have a few folks that know Braille. We need a few more folks. We do need a few I more I think folks. part of the issue is a lot of people aren't learning Braille at young ages. And that's what I actually want to talk to you about today, is about learning Braille when they were young. And the mind is more, what's the word they use? Pliable? Meldable? They learn better Elastic. when they're young. And if you start something when you're young, it becomes a habit, right? Yes, yes. Now I'm trying to play catch up. There's even new big changes within the Braille code that I'm so far behind. I just... I need to go to the Able Library when I get a chance outside of this fundraiser. Hey, Phil, guess what? What's that? My HP Studio Monitor just popped up, and here it says, Audio and Braille Literacy Enhancement. You get two gold stars today to go with your hair. Just so everybody knows, I am the sighted part of the show. And I'm the blind side. You know, I am not an expert on Braille, but I do have friends that are. I had the privilege of working with a program this past summer, a Bell program, which is a Braille literacy program put together by the NFB. And today National I National Federation have, of the Blind. Yes. I have Conchita from the NFB, who we're going to give a call and learn more about why Braille is important for children. Let's dial her up. Let's give her a call. Conchita, <laughs> Hi, Conchita. This is Philip Mason and Harley Thomas with Blind Living Radio. How are you today? Good. I'm good. How about yourself? We're doing great. We were just talking about the upcoming 50th anniversary for our local nonprofit, ABLE, which helps with Braille literacy here in Wisconsin. I was hoping you can tell us more about why it's important for children to learn about Braille at young ages. Oh, that's wonderful. Apparently, among adults that are blind, only 10% know Braille, and it's been really highly correlated with employment rates. So 75% of the blind population is not employed, and so it's been correlated that out of those that are employed, 90% read Braille. So it's really, really important that at a young age they learn, because just like a sighted child 
when they're learning to read and write. If they don't learn to read until they're adults, it's going to be a lot harder. Um, they're going to miss out on a lot of education. And so it's vital that children get Braille so they can pick it up easily and they can read fast and really get great education just alongside their sighted peers. And with education comes employment for a lot of folks at exactly. the end of the day, right? And and that's sure. the goal. That's the goal, that we're preparing our kids not just to go to school, but that we're really preparing them to become employed and not just employed, but engaged in the communities where they're participating on committees and they're participating in groups and hobbies and whatever it is that interests them. And to really gain that confidence is really through employment and having a disposable income where you can be a part of your community. Well, speaking of learning and employment, that's a big thing that we have here at Industries for the Blind here in Milwaukee. But I was wanting to learn more about what are we doing to ensure that kids can learn Braille at a young age. It's unfortunate that it's something that's kind of a problem right now because a lot of public schools are not teaching blind kids Braille because they go under the assumption that, well, you can see enough to read print. Um, myself, for example, I have some amount of vision where 90% of blind adults have some amount of vision. And because you have some amount of vision, the schools are like, we'll just blow things up really big or you'll use a CCTV. And the problem with that is they're great, you know, in short term, but in long term, it causes eye fatigue. Kids get tired. They can only read for 10 minutes at a time. They can never read outside because they have light issues, stuff like that. So I'm part of the National Federation of the Blind, and we host a build program in the summer where we're aware of, you know, the lack of bone instruction that children are receiving across the country. So we hold a program for two weeks where we really make it a fun, engaging way for them to do Braille, to meet other blind adults that are role models, to go on field trips to learn about, you know, other daily living skills that they need. Like I said, I only had a short experience with it. I was pulled in as one of the blind professionals to come talk to the kids in the Eastern Shore and let them know about more about my job, my role, and what I do. So I think that program is absolutely fantastic. How long has this been going on for? I don't know the exact date. I want to say about six years. It started off in Maryland. Jackie Robinson kind of headed up the program and they did a pilot program in Maryland and saw that it was really successful. And now this year we had about 24 programs across the country in a lot of different states with lots and lots of children being served. And the more that children find out about it and parents find out about it, they want to kind of be a part of it. So every year it's grown by a lot. We have like six programs each year, more than that. So it's been really successful. So what exactly do you do with that program? Every program kind of runs a little differently. The program that I run is in Washington, D.C., and I am the program coordinator, and I'm also a, the teacher. And so I put the program together and make sure it get all the details running. And then I hire staff, and then for, during the program I teach. So I'm a teacher of blind students as my profession. So, you know, we do Braille, but also we try to do things in a fun manner. So, for example, we do shades with our kids on certain activities to teach them to do stuff non-visually. And so the first day we have a big birthday party for Louis Braille, who created Braille, and we break a piñata. And part of breaking the piñata is, oh, you've got to blindfold your eyes. And so they're like, oh, yeah, of course we want to blindfold our eyes. So next time they have to wear sleep shades, they associate it with, like, a positive, really fun sure. activity. That's a so great that's kind idea. of our goal, to, to get them to see Braille as something that's really fun and engaging. Conchita, we're going to take a break real quick. When we come back, I'm going to have you tell us more about my favorite memory of Braille was with You Taught Me How to Salsa. So we'll be right back. <laughs> I want to hear about this. Thank you, Conchita. We're going to take a quick break. 
You're listening to Blind Living Radio with Harley Thomas and Phil Mason. We'll be right back. Salsa lessons with Conchita. <laughs> Blind Living Radio will be right back after these messages. Are you blind or visually impaired? Are you seeking a job? Well, Industries for the Blind is dedicated to hiring people just like you. Just go to IBMILW.com slash careers and find out how you can become part of our wonderful team of blind and visually impaired professionals. That's IBMILW.com slash careers. Welcome back to Blind Living Radio in the HP studios. I'm Harley Thomas with Phil Mason. And on the line, we have Conchita Hernandez from the Bell Program. Hi, Conchita. Thanks for holding on. Hi, thank, thank you for having me. So, Conchita, I was telling Harley one of my favorite stories because he thinks I can't dance. But I had an excellent teacher who used the Braille cell to teach me how to dance. Can you tell us a little bit more about your unique method? Um, yeah. So, I i mean, I've been dancing since I, since I can remember, since I can walk. It's been a part of what I did. And I realized, being a part of the blindness community, that there's a lot of blind people that are not active, that are not dancing that are not even just walking around doing exercise. So I figured, no, there has to be a way to teach blind people how to dance instead of just being like, do this, do this, do this, which is what you normally get when you go to a dance studio. And so I was like, there has to be a better way. Since I teach Braille, the Braille cell is very simple. Three dots on the left that are numbered one, two, three, and three dots on the right that are numbered four, five, six. And the one is across from the four, the two is across from the five, and the three is across from the six. So I teach people like their left foot is dot one, two, three, and their right foot is dot four, five, six. So when they're standing still, their left foot is on dot two, and their right foot is on dot five. So if I say dot one, it means put your left foot forward. If that I say is... dot Harley yeah. just had an epiphany. That is really cool. I think even I could maybe dance using Braille as a guide. That is really neat. Yeah, and actually, so... It you don't want to see me dance, I started though. doing it, like... <laughs> I started doing this, like, uh, five years ago, and people have taken it and run with it. People in Texas have done it, in California, and New Jersey and New York have just taken it and used it for different events. And I actually... I also do judo, um, and there's a lot of blind judo participants, and part of the team that I'm a part of there's a black belt who's been doing it forever and her coach is always telling her kind of the footing of other people and so would give it away to the person listening on the other team so now he started using my method where he tells her letters so he'll be like he and she knows his foot is on dot one and dot five so she knows how to attack and the other team has no idea what that means so she can better attack and better like prevent herself so it's been transitioning over into different areas it sounds like you're the true innovator of dancing for the blind. We should start a. There needs to be a dance just for you, the Conchita slide. There's a Casper slide. We have a. We need a Conchita slide. Conchita, I have a. You brought up something earlier before the break about ninety percent of the blind population actually has some sort of vision of some sort or light perception. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, first off, I think a lot of people don't know that. I know among the sighted community, when I tell people that, they're like, really? Because a lot of people just perceive blind people are 
blind and they see nothing, but that's really a small exactly. part of the blind population. And yeah. then you talked about eye fatigue and people try to learn visually. And I know I work with a couple outside salespeople that are legally blind, but they've lost their sight later in life through macular degeneration or, or other illnesses. And some of them still rely heavily on their limited sight and fight using a cane or a guide dog. And it's, it's yeah, challenging. And, and it's very challenging. I used to work with blind adults. I was a rehabilitation counselor. And the hardest part is using a cane, letting go as an adult. Um, that's why it's so vital to work with kids when they're younger. But I think for adults, the thing that makes the biggest difference is having them meet other adults that are competent blind adults. Because I didn't use a cane or anything until I was like 25. And because I had an idea in my head that a blind person was somebody that didn't have their life together, that would never be in a relationship, that would always be relying on everybody else, and I didn't want to be that person. And so I had a lot of negative connotations with it that we get from our culture, our society, the media. And so when I finally met other adults that had their life together, more together than I had my life together, I was like, oh. And it really kind of changed my perspective where I um, I met a friend who was like, I'm going blind. I guess I'll be a lawyer. And I was like, how far have we come that his most <laughs> is that he has to be a lawyer? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I was like, okay. That's that's um, but, very funny. But it is a lot harder. Yeah. Well, for everyone who doesn't know Conchita, I can tell you she is very much 30 and flirty and still thriving with her cane. <laughs> That's great. And you know what? I think that's a good inspiration of a lot of the folks that we hire at Industries for the Blind are they want more in life. And you sound like you've done very well, Conchita, and you're an inspiration. I can only tell you that. Well, Conchita, I'm sure a lot of people are asking and wondering where can they learn more about the Bell Program and how can they get involved? Great. Um, so the website is nsb.org slash bell. And it has all the information for all the states and anything that's available. And if you just go to nsb.org, there's a lot of information on competent blind adults that are living their everyday lives so that you can people can read up on that as well. Conchita, you've been one of our most fun and lively guests we've had in quite some time. I really appreciate you being on the show with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, don't forget, she's my salsa partner. That is true, Phil. I will not steal your salsa <laughs> partner. I might steal your salsa, but not your partner. Everybody, you've been listening to Blind Living Radio with Harley Thomas and Phil Mason. And on the line, we've had Conchita Hernandez from the NFB Bell Program with us today. It's been a pleasure. We look forward to talking to everybody next week on Blind Living Radio. Thanks for listening to and supporting Blind Living Radio. You can support Industries for the Blind by ordering any of our products from blind-made.com. That's blind-made.com. I'm Conchita Hernandez with the NSB Bell Program, and you are listening to Blind Living Radio. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP Ink and Toner Cartridges, precision engineered to work together with your HP printer.